Welcome, friends, people for peace, pods of consciousness, planetary citizens, wherever you happen to be today, listening to local news and social artistry here on KOPN. I'm your host, Dick Dalton, and each week we have the pleasure of talking to someone who's building a more humane world from the inside out. And an old friend uh, is on the show today with me, Charlie Blackmore from Columbia, Missouri, old Hickman graduate along with me back in 63. Hi, Charlie. Good to have you. How are you, Dick? <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> a little rainy day today, but it cleared uh, for my peace vigil downtown and uh, things are good. And, and here we are talking on our Zoom, but... Uh, recording so that we can air it on uh, KOPN at the regular time, five to six on Monday afternoons. And you know, Charlie, I read your uh, biography on your QPNet website, and I didn't know that you also were a KOPN programmer back in the 70s and, and into the 80s. Well, that's true. And you <clears throat> did read the bio or you wouldn't have known that probably, but the bio, speaking of the bio, uh, it definitely needs to be updated because I haven't updated it since I went in for my first surgery a little over three years ago, and I wound up having five. So I ha I need to work on that. <laughs> well, but yes, I was with KOPN from November of 1977 to October of 84. I had a I had a show on there called Crazy Charlie's Monday Night Live and featured old rock and roll and oldies from the past on on either you know like nothing newer than uh occasionally i played some new music because i was also a dj uh, out for parties and stuff but mostly it was all oldies and it was all all pre-programmed from home with my own music and all packaged together to be played when i went to the station and i started out doing a four-hour show from eight to midnight and then my son and a friend of his started doing an hour show before mine called in the middle when they were in Jeff jr. And then it became rock and roll high school. till we quit having it. And I had a three hour show followed by uh, or, uh, a black gentleman named Zinni mills ah. uh, called uh, gosh, I can't think of, can't think of the name of for lovers only was his show. Oh, he played man. a lot of the, the sweet R and B ballad type stuff that they called slow jams back in the day. And then I, I filled in for a while there for Cousin Ken, who did uh, Back in the Saddle, a country show. Hmm. And then I also did filled in a couple times on the Saturday afternoon uh, Soul Street for Walter Anderson, the Sugar Man. that was a black DJ in Columbia, a good friend of mine that's hmm. since passed away. So so was Cousin Ken. He passed away as well. A lot of Columbia people knew both of those guys. Well, let's... Uh... Let's kind of work our way up to uh, 1977 and, and how all that started to happen. I guess we sort of knew each other when I was in uh, a senior year at Hickman because I did my sophomore and junior year over in Fayette and came back for my senior year since I'd done Jeff Jr. in Columbia and, and grade yeah. school. So <clears throat> you were just a, a year behind me. You graduated in 63. I graduated in 62. What did you do after you graduated Hickman? And and by the way, people may not know that you're called Mr. Cupy 
and we're gonna we're gonna really work on how you got to be Mr. Cupie a little later in the show. But Hickman was a, a good place for you, I take it. Great place, yeah. I had uh, I had lot, made lots of friends there, and have made lots of friends since that uh, would would have never come into my life if I hadn't uh, started the web page because. I, one of my very best friends is seven years older than me. He was a coach there one year, our junior year, a guy named Russ Sloan. Yeah, that Russ went Sloan. on to mm-hmm. went on to letter in football and have records from the fifty nine sixty Orange Bowl as a as a Missouri Tiger. And uh, he lives in Leesburg, Florida, and writes a column there weekly for the newspaper. He's eighty four this year, mm-hmm. and uh, He's, he's a great friend. As a matter of fact, the last thing he gave me was COVID in October last oh. this past year. He was also a coach at Truman State and had football team there for four years at set records, and they had a reunion in St. Charles in September, late last year of September. And uh, he came in for that and was going to spend a week at our house on a Sunday through the next Sunday to stay for his 65th class reunion of the of the class of 56 from Hickman high school. And, uh, he made it in on Sunday feeling very poorly. And after his third visit to the hospital, they kept him and, uh, diagnosed him with COVID. Mm. We, he was, he was passed out in the bathtub in our guest bedroom on a Sunday morning. And I thought he was dead when I called the ambulance. Oh but my goodness. It, he's a true friend. And he married a, a, a Hickman Cupie as well. Uh, uh, Peggy Fisher from the class of 59. Mm-hmm. He, uh, her best friend was Judy Hutchison from the class of 59, whose right. brother Eddie was in my class. And Judy was married to Bob Haas, who played football at MU with Russ. So they had a, a, a couple's relationship there for 60 years. And Judy's passed away now, but Russ and his wife and, and Bob Haas are still living. What a great that's, uh, connection. Uh, that, but I had I had what I called hate-love relationships with two people that were a good part of my life as well as the influence on some of the things I've done, I guess. And those were James R. Chevalier, the principal at Hickman High School, right. who, who uh, threw me out of school once and tried to do it a second time. But the president of PTA intervened and kept that from happening over a talent <laughs> night episode. <laughs> but at the time you weren't there when that occurred. Uh-huh. And then the other person, a uh, similar relationship was with Helen D. Williams. And she was an inspiration for me to start the webpage, but she taught, uh, actually, I guess now they would call it uh, drama class. And, and it was, it was called speech class back in the right. day. Mm-hmm. And she had a verse choir that was known nationally that performed on the East coast. And when I was a member, uh, the junior and senior year, I was there, uh, we performed at teachers state conventions and stuff. And at the university and we were, we were even on KOMU TV and did a program one night on there. I remember that very well, but uh, I I remember Art Gafke back then he called himself Frank Gafke, uh, reciting, uh, the, the creation story by Uh Johnson. It, it probably an assembly or something and, and yeah wow. well that 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 class that she taught uh in all of the poetry and stuff and and speech she called it with verse speaking yeah and it was uh it was it was very well uh, regarded back in its day and uh 
one of our classmates, Sharon Lay, tried to reinsert it into the curriculum there after she graduated from MU, but it didn't work. So she gave it up. Oh, darn. But he- Helen D retired the year that I graduated. I was in her last class and she and I were best of friends. We visited till up until she just within a few months before she died. Mm-hmm. I think she was 93 and, mm-hmm. uh, and she had a daughter back East that she was separated from, uh, early in life. And then they reconnected and I was in contact with her daughter and her son-in-law mm-hmm. when, after she died and, and was never did meet them. They were making a trip back here, but, but first she lost her husband and then she passed away. Her neighbor called me when she passed away. So I really never met her daughter, but uh, she had a daughter that everyone that had her class wow. remembered her speaking over her daughter. Yeah, but uh, th- those were those were the two pe- pe- teachers that, that I remember most. The, her, those and uh, another still dear friend. Uh, her name was Kaki Lang. Kaki Lang, and yeah. her married name was Westerfield. She mm-hmm. she graduated from Hickman in '58 and came back there her first year uh as a senior english teacher for my senior year and i always take credit for uh indoctrinating her into the qp (laughs) program as a teacher instead of a student she was she was a she was a tough one to initiate but she was a good sport (laughs) well my brother was in the class i think of 58 he was three years uh, ahead of me Uh, you had you had you had several siblings, so I, I don't remember which classes they were all in without yeah. looking it up. Yeah, well, he was th- three years older, and then I had two younger brothers. Uh... You're the only one that I actually was acquainted with at all in high school, naturally, because we were there at the same time. Otherwise, we, we wouldn't have known each other either. Well, you know, I went to, because on your website, you've got all the yearbooks from forever, and you can just thumb through them. What a work of art. And I found out that uh, I I was a, a chairperson of the homecoming committee a senior year, and you know I didn't remember a thing about that. And that's one of the beauties of your work is that you reattach individuals to their past and and to their friends and acquaintances, and it, it's just it's just great. Just well, great. it's it's been a learning experience and a teaching tool to me to keep me in the in the computer mindset and uh within the last i guess about five years ago uh, i started doing the 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 yearbooks posting them on my picture web page my photo web page digitally rather than scanning them as as jpegs Mm -hmm. and uh i kept up with that until recently with covid slowed it down and then the the teacher at hickman who who is involved in doing all of the work with the Crescent and the kids that put it together. Mm-hmm. She's had a, ch- a, a child that's been ill. And so she's mm-hmm. gotten behind and I don't even have the, the last year's Crescent on my webpage yet. So I've got 21 and 22 to do. But when my granddaughter who was in the class of 2015, she had her first year of high school at Hickman as a sophomore. The next year they redistrict and started having a freshman class in high school. So she started battle as a junior. Mm. And then the first class to graduate from there, they didn't have a senior class that first year. So she was in the class of 
2015. So her first year there, I met the a lady there, Ann Borgmeyer, who lives in Jefferson City, incidentally, mm-hmm. and has taught at Battle since it opened and does the yearbook. Mm-hmm. I met her, and so I also post the yearbooks from Battle for for all of the years since they started. And she passes the images on to me in, in PDFs. And then I, with the help of InDesign, a, a Adobe program, right. I put them together like they put them together to send to the yearbook company and post them on my webpage. And it's it's just so much slicker and a lot better looking. And when you scan a yearbook, you have that little seam down the middle, regardless of how you do it. So. Mm-hmm. When you do it digitally, you get away from that, and it's a clearer image and easier to read online. So started to try to do it with the Douglas yearbooks too, but I uh, uh, furthest I went to get one of those was I tracked one down in Kansas City, but I've only got a half a dozen Douglas yearbooks, but I I still would like to have the opportunity to do all their books too if I could get a hold of them, but no such luck there. I don't think I'm going to do Rockford for well, some reason that, in my mind, it just says, no, don't do Rockbridge. <laughs> well, we're we're in retirement, so you know, we, we can't be workaholics. Oh, enough to keep you stimulated. Yeah. So how did you get to be a DJ? Uh, because that was pretty early on, wasn't it, in your... Well, yeah, it actually goes back to uh, grade school, almost. Oh, uh, wow. When, when I was in the fifth grade, I moved to Columbia, Missouri from Louisiana and started fifth grade at West Boulevard Elementary School. And one of my good friends there still is a, a Columbia resident and has never lived out of Columbia that much either, like I haven't. And his name is Jim Aldridge. Mm-hmm. And Jim Aldridge's dad was very well known as the voice of the Tiger Sports and QP Sports and stuff on KFRU radio as he was the manager and part owner of KFRU radio station. And we took back in those days, we took social dance classes and we even had, you know, activities at school, the the square dancing and whatnot. So Jim would, uh, had all access to all the records and stuff. So we'd have little dances of our social dancing group at the radio station and dance the old music. So I guess that was my first inspiration to the, to the music, absorbing the music as part of my life. And then when I went to Hickman, you may not remember this, but after every home football and basketball game, there was a a school dance in the cafeteria. Mm. And the music that was provided for that came through the sound system that was a 45 changer. The old spindle dropped them, you know, down 145 at a time Mm -hmm. in the the office. And it played through to the PA into the cafeteria. So Hmm. I was the one that that took my records to all the, all the parties. And then it became known that I had the records. So I always said, hell, I got invited to people's parties, whether they knew me very well or not, cause they knew I'd bring the music. Oh, wow. So that, that was how it started. But then the thing that really kicked it off was in 1976, my brother had moved to Hallsville and, and he and his wife built a home up there. He had some neighbors over invited over for a new year's eve party in his newly finished basement he'd finished in his house and he called me and asked me if i'd come and bring some music and i thought you know that'd be kind of fun so i had a turntable and i went and picked up a second turntable and went and set two turntables on his bar and took a stack stack of as we call them 33 and a third lps Mm -hmm. and uh, played music at, at his party 
and there were some guys there from Hallsville that belonged to the JCs in Hallsville. And a couple months later, one of them called me and said, would you be able to come DJ a party? We're trying to raise money for a bone marrow transplant for one of our JC's children. And I thought, kicked that idea around and went out to a uh, audio store out in the old Biscayne mall. And I went out there and priced some DJ equipment and bought some custom K U S T O M speakers and a Tapco mixer. And, said, I'm going to DJ. That's what I started doing. And my best friend, Alan Fugit, I told him I was going to start doing that. And he says, you crazy. And I said, oh, I can't, I can't use that as a name. But I said, I could be crazy Charlie, I guess. So I became known (laughs) on KOPN as crazy Charlie. And I always, that was about the time Saturday Night Live was a hit. So I just decided, well, Saturday Night Live's on TV and I'm on the radio. So I'll just be Monday Night Live. So that's my show was Crazy Charlie's Monday Night Live. That is a great intro to getting on to KOPN. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. A little yeah. uh, a little connector there, Jim Aldridge, became a lawyer. Is that correct? Uh, no. 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 Was it his brother? Mickey died very early in life in a plane crash. That's Mickey it. Could- Mickey, Mickey was, could have had a law degree. He lived yeah. in Jeff City at the time he passed away. Right, and his wife, uh, Susan Bliss. One, one of the funniest sights I ever saw was Malin Aldridge on a Sunday morning. He lived on Country Lane out in the, the old country Columbia Country Club subdivision. Yeah. And his house sat kind of up on a little ridge there on the street. And he had a driveway that went up right in front of his front porch and then past his garage. And so I delivered Tribune's for 29 and a half years <laughs> and delivered Malin's newspaper to him, the Tribune for that many years. And wow. one, one Sunday morning in a deep snow, I was got stuck in his driveway in my Volkswagen and Malin was out in his bathrobe and his house slippers pushing me out of the snow. <laughs> <laughs> but, and Betty, his wife used to take Saturday and Sunday morning walks. So Whenever I'd had time, I'd always stop and visit with Jim's mom on the streets and in the Cold Country Club subdivision around wherever she'd be walking. We'd have our Sunday morning visits. Hers and another lady that lived out there, uh, Vicky and Vicky Vaught, who's yeah. Valerie now, Valerie Brown. Her mom and dad moved in out there years later, and and she, her mother was a walker too. So I used to have morning Sunday morning visits with her from time to time. Well, Charlie, uh, we're up for a, a little break here just to say uh, hello to the listening audience. Uh, thanks, folks, for being with us today on Glocal News and Social Artistry here on KOPN, your community radio station out of Columbia, Missouri. Uh, I'm the host, Dick Dalton, and uh, each week we get to talk to somebody that's building a more humane world. And and today my guest is Charlie Blackmore, uh Came to Columbia, you say, Charlie, uh, in the fifth grade. Is that right? Nineteen fifty-five. Uh, I was ten yeah. years old. Yeah, and uh, you only moved away a little bit. Can we say it on the radio? Do you think these oh, people yeah, are mind? Care. It's it's history. <laughs> <laughs> moved to Jeff City. Oh my goodness, a QP in Jeff City. I kind of had the same uh, situation when I moved down here in eighty-five. So. Uh, yeah, so you were here for a little while and then uh, got to go back up to Columbia. Yeah, we got, we've got we got some good cupies in Jeff City. 
Yeah, yeah and, thank and, you. And we've got some we got some good Jefferson City Jays still down there too. I even have a few friends that are Jefferson were Jeff City Jays, so they well, claim me and I claim them. So let's uh, time changes. Let's give a shout out to the nineteen sixty one two basketball team at uh, Hickman for winning the state championship that year. You probably were there at the game in St. Louis. Every one of them through the state championship playoffs. Yeah. Uh, right. And Russ Sloan, as I said, my dear friend from Florida, uh, he was the assistant coach to his coach, Jim McLeod mm -hmm. in that tournament. And uh, Russ coached at Kirksville. He coached, I think down in Rolla somewhere. He coached in Fresno state in California. He, he played sports all his life. He played basketball at Hickman and, and yeah. uh, had, I don't think he played at MU though because of his football career. But to this day, Russ would shake his finger at you and say that class of 1962 basketball team was the most fundamentally sound basketball team I ever coached. Wow. And they had played together for six years at least. Well, uh, through Nancy and... Brooker was a year older than you. I remember Nancy. Class of 61. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> she lived in the same neighborhood <clears throat> with Charlie Cottle and Danny Woodward when they grew up, and they were both on that team. Right. And right. she corrected me at, when I was in attendance at her brother's funeral when I made the comment about Russ had made the comment and said that uh, said those guys had played together since grade school, and she said, that is not right. She said that I would see them playing out in the yard before they ever started grade school. Oh, okay. <laughs> she was adding to the years, not uh, yeah. taking away. And we, yeah. we've lost uh, four players off that team. The first one to die was Michael Richardson. I remember. Then we lost Charlie Cottle, and they were seniors on the team. Mm -hmm. And then we lost Pete McDermott, who was one of my really good friends in my class. Mm -hmm. And then we lost Eddie Sutton last oh. year that was also one of my classmates. We lost Ronnie Bartlett, too, that was in your class. Uh, Ronnie Bartlett. Ronnie, yeah. Ronnie, Ronnie Bartlett. hadn't been gone that long. He's been gone a few years, but not that long. Mm -hmm. Five yeah. died out of that class. of, mm -hmm. I think they only had like 13 on the team, 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, and as you mentioned when we talked earlier today, Dave Fearheller, yeah. Daffy, they called him. He was <laughs> he and I have been friends since we were kids because his uh, relationship, his mother was related to my, my great uncle's wife. And so we went, we'd go to family reunions together. So we, we always called each other cause, mm -hmm. and I still communicate with Dave. He's out in California and his sister, Jan as well. And they lost their mother just last year. She lived to be mm -hmm. right around a hundred. Wow. Yeah. She used to live on Maryland Avenue. As I recall. Uh, that's that sounds right to me yeah she did i'm yes she did i remember the last time jan came back here i took them on a trip down to the cemetery where all their relatives were buried because we had family relatives from both our families there and we went by that house on maryland yeah while she was home on that trip and hmm. looked at that house yeah and the blackmores which, that her mother was related to uh lived on the street that runs beside old Rothwell gym would that been have been hit street over the, yeah i believe it was hit, hit street. street ran straight into Rothwell gym and then went beside it 
Yeah, kind of did a, a, a little jag there. Uh -huh. Yeah, there you could stand on their front porch and watch the tennis courts across the street behind Rothwell Gym. That's where oh. the Blackmores lived back in the in the fifties when oh. we moved to Columbia. They well, they helped my dad find a house because Ernest was a realtor at that time. He had been the city city assessor, I believe, and then he sold real estate when he retired. I want to connect your uh, DJ work with something you have done for many years at the Ark with uh, Adaptive uh, Recreation Group. Can you uh -huh. tell I did. us a little I bit did. about that? I started doing that as a volunteer job, and and Sarah, the lady that was still runs that program for the city, uh, after I did a few, I said, you know, I said, uh, I didn't mean I was going to volunteer to do this the rest of my life. And so <laughs> actually they started paying me for it. So I, I worked for them for, well, I, I want to say about 10 years. She was, she was, I think, dating her husband when I met her and, and her daughter now is in the fifth grade. And I DJed out there up until just about a year, two years ago when I, had my started having my surgeries, I really wasn't able to do it anymore. And sure. they decided they were going to have somebody within the system do it mm -hmm. rather than pay me to do it. But yeah, it was a, yeah. it was a, a really good thing. I kind of started doing it for through a friend. Uh, I had a classmate, David hood, who had a son, uh, who had, was down syndrome. And so he was part of that program. Oh, and his son, his son was still active and able to be active in that program when I started doing it. And uh, when I first started my webpage, which we're not to that yet, but I had a thing I started on there when my uh, fiance that passed away, when she died, I started a thing on there called QP of the month. And I had uh, David's son, Matt, was mm -hmm. one of my QPs of the month when he participated uh -huh. in the Special Olympics. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how I got started doing that at the Ark. And that I made a lot of friends out there, took took pictures for some one of the gals out there. She just thought I was her personal photographer. Every time she had a new boyfriend <laughs> or something, she wanted me to come take pictures. So. Uh, <laughs> well, you also took pictures for honor flights. And my dad I, went on uh, one of the honor flights. I, I, I was trying to remember my where brothers, he went. My brother's been a guardian for them for many, many years until his health won't let him go anymore. But... He went, went on probably 40 some flights, maybe more. And I was, uh, my first involvement in it was when my best friend, Alan Fugit's father-in-law, Don Dugan went. And at that time they let family go as, as escorts or guardians or whatever you wanted to call them. And Alan went with his father-in-law and I went over and took pictures of Don mm -hmm. leaving and coming back and everything. And then made a little slideshow for Don and I think I passed that slideshow on to the people that ran the honor flight and they mm -hmm. kind of liked it. So I made myself available. And then later on, my brother told them they needed a photographer. He said, well, my brother could probably do that. So <laughs> I went on five honor flights and uh, mm -hmm. met the guy that works there for the news tribune in Jefferson city that used to be a, a uh, photographer in the Navy that did several of the honor flights and, oh. and, and met, uh, Schaefer, too, the photographer that used to be videographer and photographer at KOMU, mm -hmm. met him. And uh, so, I, yeah, I met a lot of people. And, and I still post, I've posted all the pictures from all 62 honor flights on my webpage. Wow. They're all there except two flights that we don't, we can't locate pictures of. Well, let's, of 62. let's be sure. And, and 
tell us, tell the audience what your website is as we go through. We'll repeat it a few times. Okay. How do, how do they find your, your website? Well, my website for the high school is very simple. We're the only high school in the world that's ever had a Cupid doll as a mascot. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're net. that just that simple. And uh, they can get to my pictures from the drop down menu on the top of that homepage of net, or they can go to, to uh, it's, it's a Zenfolio, Z-E-N-F-O-L-I-O is the webpage. And it's just Charlie at Zenfolio.com and mm-hmm. all of my, uh, 160 some thousand images of all my stuff is is on that web page there they're oh, all wow. all free for anybody to look at and it's a web page that photographers use to sell their pictures but hmm. anybody that wants any of my pictures from any of the pictures on there can be downloaded and do whatever you want with them oh, for wow. free there's no money involved That's... i got grandfathered in on a deal i couldn't pass up oh. Un- unlimited storage of pictures oh. up to like 30 some megabyte files uh for forty dollars a year oh, what a deal oh my goodness <laughs> and i've got a hundred and some yearbooks and 60 some honor flights and all <laughs> like i said about one hundred and fifty thousand plus images on there <laughs> well let's so make sure the audience knows how to spell cupie that's k-e-w-p-i-e and uh, that's it and you're First name Charlie is C H A R L E Y, which That's uh, right. is not That's right. always what somebody would type in. So um, they can make sure they get their spelling right. My my fourth grade teacher in Louisiana, Missouri, uh, named Mrs. Norvell, told me that I had the prettiest cursive of any boy she'd ever had when I first learned to write. And I started writing my name and I said, I-E is just not pretty on the end of a word. <laughs> so that's how I became the, to spell my name with an E-Y. <laughs> you just did it. I thought it looked better. <laughs> well, QP.net. There's a big story here. How did this happen? Well, <clears throat> I was still employed at the Columbia Post Office, and I'd been playing with computers ever since the Commodore 64 came out when my kids were little. And, and the post office was, uh, they, they had a, a, a program at the post office where you could make a suggestion and win 250 bucks if they accepted your suggestion. Hmm. And so I, I got an old, uh, Macintosh little computer. It looked like a laptop, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. they didn't call it that back then mm-hmm. and started studying HTML and built a web page for the post office. So. At that particular time, which was in the in the early to mid early 1990s, mm-hmm. uh, the Columbia Post Office, until I retired in 2000, was the only local post office in the country that had their own web page. And it had all the <laughs> I was involved in different programs at the post office. You could go on that web page and get all the information you needed about getting passports, about registered and certified mail. You could go on there and turn in a hold order for your mail for your lo- for local delivery in Columbia. They had all the all the hundred plus collection boxes in Columbia, which were the boxes you mailed mail for to be picked up. And you could go on there to any part of Columbia, divided by uh, directional sections, northeast, southwest, and central, and see the the pickup times on all the boxes. So you could go 
if you had wanted to mail something and didn't want to drive down to the post office, you'd go see where it would still go out that day and that sort of thing. And it turned it in as, as a suggestion and they gave me my $250, but they didn't adopt it because no one else wanted to spend their own time to do something for the post office. And I was doing it on my own time. And so from there, uh, when, when I got divorced and moved back from Jefferson city and, and met Debbie Burke Smith and we became friends and spent a lot of time together. She'd come over to my apartment and instead of spending time with her, I was working on my reunion. And <laughs> at that time you, you found people by telephone. You didn't have, didn't, you didn't have social media and stuff back in the nineties at that time, at least people weren't using it. It was there. They had about all they had was AOL and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so Debbie used to say, why don't, says, you don't ever spend any time with me. All you do is sit at that computer and a phone and trying to find all those cupies. Why, why don't you just see if you can't find all of them? And I said, well, son of a gun, I might just do that. <laughs> and so my search for uh, 300 to 400 people out of my own class became a little more, bigger than that. And I just decided, you know, I know enough about web pages. I can, I can wing it. And so I started a web page and, mm -hmm. and, and wound up, you know, with a local company here and then went to a different server and everything. I could mm -hmm. get a lot cheaper and I have a good deal with the place that's located in Logan, Utah now called mid phase and, uh, internet service. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started my web page back on it. It opened up on October of 1998 and, and has, run since i'm in my it'll be 25 years old here next year and and uh through scholarships and other fundraising events for the high school the web page and the people that supported it and me through making donations we've raised almost one hundred and forty thousand dollars in those years and wow. and all of the obituaries from the tribune and those that now get people send me obituaries from all over the country about hmm. relatives that have passed away because i'm not in not only do I have a web page for a CUPE memorial, but I have a CUPE family memorial for spouses, children, uh, and and immediate family of people that went to Hickman. Mm -hmm. And I've done that since January of 99. And now for the last eight, 10 years, I've had a, I do a year end memorial slideshow mm -hmm. that's on my web page. That's a, a collage like the movies put together of the mm -hmm. actors and actresses and stuff that died during the year. I now do one for the cupies that have died during the year wow. with pictures and music and stuff. Yeah. It's a beautiful work and uh, meaningful, so meaningful to families and individuals through the years. What it's a gift. Been a, it's been a hoot, that's for sure. What a gift. Yeah. So, dot uh, uh, net is one place people can go to, and the other is Zenfolio, that's Z-E-N-F-O-L, or Charlie at Zenfolio, correct? Yep. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna, you know, look and, and tell you exactly because I never can. Mm -hmm. I use it so little myself to go to it. You just, you know, you have it right here in your in your uh favorites and stuff. So but mm -hmm. I always have to say, well, you know, I gotta look because I can't even tell you myself uh where where it is. But it's uh let's see here. It actually is Okay, it is M R K 
K-E-W-P-I-E, Mr. Cupy dot Zenfolio, that's Z-E-N-F-O-L-I-O dot com. So Mr. Cupy dot Zenfolio dot com. And that that is the opening page to to a that opens up to uh, all the pictures that I have there. Some, some of which you could care less about seeing and, and the rest of them are, are stuff that you might want to be interested in looking at. Yeah. But well, the, all... the, there's not a period after the MR. Is that correct? Yes. Mr. dot Zenfolio. Right. Dot okay. com. All right. And that's just and, an... and right. The count on there right now is, uh, one one hundred sixty two thousand four hundred and seventy five photos okay and uh twenty nine thousand nine hundred and eight visitors might take a day or two to get through that huh <laughs> yeah yeah and you can also uh uh the the actual mascots that were uh money was raised 10 grand to purchase those mascot costumes at hickman high school and on the very first thumbnail on the that Zenfolio page opens up the video of the the opening uh I guess you'd say the christening of the mascots and that was at the graduation ceremony at the Mizzou Arena the at the Hickman graduation that year so that video is on there as well well I saw the picture of the two new mascots on either side of you and mm -hmm. they're enormous I mean <laughs> How do they do that? I couldn't see where their eyes would be able to know what's going well, on. Well, it's it, it's all done by sizing and stuff, and all supported, you know, from the shoulders and stuff. And that company uh, is one of the companies that that uh, manufactures. Uh, I don't know if manufactures is the right word. I'd say creates costumes for mascots mm -hmm. of of higher levels than high school. They mainly make costumes for 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 professional sports teams and college teams because like i said those what though each of those costumes was five thousand dollars a piece wow and wow. and they they start they were first time they were seen was may the 21st of 2016 at the graduation of the class of 2016 cupies at mizzou arena mm -hmm. wow. and that was uh they they came out on the stage uh to do the cupy yell and the strawberry shortcake mm -hmm. yell mm -hmm. and just and as they finished that off that's when the kids all threw their hats into the air <laughs> it was a pretty uh it is a pretty awesome sight to tell you the truth it, yeah. it must I be was, a good video I, I video the video that's on there is one i shot and it turned out much better than, than i expected it to so it's uh, it's it's nice looking forward nice. to seeing that video yeah. truly yeah 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 uh so uh let's reintroduce you to our listening audience uh folks well, welcome again to uh, local news and social artistry here on kopn your community radio station out of columbia missouri uh i'm the host dick dalton and uh i've I mentioned kind of each week now that uh, we're coming closer to our 50th uh, anniversary. Uh, KOPN started in 1973, and uh, we're about to move into our new 
uh, for us building over on Bernadette uh, on the west side of town, fully accessible, uh, which is a, a first for us. We've uh, been sad that we haven't been accessible for so many years uh, to all people, uh, whatever their situation, but now we will be. And uh, we appreciate all of your support for uh, helping us along through the years and for programmers like my guest today, Charlie Blackmore, who was a programmer with uh, both himself had a show and, and his sons had a show back in the 70s and 80s. So uh, thanks for your continued support. Uh, keep passing the good word around that KOPN is your community radio station. Uh, we have diverse talk and this show is one of your diverse talk shows and, and music of the world and uh, what is that other phrase that we always use? But <laughs> these are the two that are coming to mind right now. So thanks for being with us today. Uh, Charlie Blackmore, QP.net, uh, QP.net, Mr. QP. Uh, what do you know about this uh, super QP business that's going on? Nothing. What is a super QP? Well, uh, two friends of mine that you know, Celestine Guyton Hayes and, and Raymond Hayes, uh, were part of a video that I just got uh, a link to recently, uh, and they were introduced as Super Cupies, and okay. they uh, they got to talk. Uh, about well, I, I wouldn't disagree. I wouldn't disagree with that, that titling of both the people you mentioned, for sure. <laughs> right, but I haven't hadn't heard that. Well, uh, give you something to uh, research a little bit, because not only did they have them as uh, super cupies from back in the day, but then they had, uh, oh, I don't know, 10 or so super cupies in the classes right now that they were highlighting and uh, seemed like a, a kind of a new program. At one, at one time, Dick, there's a guy that many people have seen if they attend Hickman sports, particularly football, that runs onto the field with a QP flag leading the football team. And he was a QP himself and had at least two, if not three generations uh, at the high school in, in the name of Larry Wyatt. Larry and Wyatt, at one, yeah. At one time, he was referred to as a super cube. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I don't know where that came from, but that I heard people say, well, that's Larry, super cube that leads the football team onto the field. All right. But, uh, but my, my being called Mr. Cupy, uh, as I mentioned, Russ Sloan, Russ Sloan, one of Russ's best friends was Bob Martin. It was preceded him by one year at Hickman in the class of 55. And Bob Martin is married to Nancy Ginn and they live here in Columbia. So whenever mm -hmm. Russ comes in from Florida, we get together for dinner. And Bob Martin said that he was named Mr. Cupy way back from high school, but he, uh, he himself did some, uh, had some education involving journalism and, uh, he did an interview and did a story for the Columbia Tribune that I really thought was a good, good story that he did and inter interviewed me like you're doing now. And, mm -hmm. and Bob said, after, after I told him my story, which he knew most of anyway, but he thought. I needed to be recognized was why he wanted to do the story. And he said, I honestly, and, and am giving you that name. You're worth far more of the worthy of it than I am. So I'm no longer Mr. Cupy. You are. He passed so the Bob baton Martin, to thanks. you. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, Bob. 
Bob Martin. Yeah, I didn't know Bob. I, I knew of Russ, but not Bob. And I, I knew of Nancy Ginn because uh, <laughs> they lived out on West Boulevard. And uh, at Halloween, they supposedly had the best uh, treats if you went by their, their house that had the little half-circle drive. And yeah. I was on South Garth, so I had to ride my bike all the way out there. <laughs> so it, it was one of those... Uh, kid memories that uh yeah yeah i remember the house very well had lots of friends that lived all over that part of columbia that's where i grew up well what kind I, of uh, my wife still gets bored with when we go down the street and she says i really don't care who lived in that house 50 <laughs> or 60 years ago and you've told me this a dozen times oh my goodness all right she's well, an adopted cupie though she uh two of her best friends right now uh and she'd tell you the same one of them is a is a QP. She didn't graduate from Hickman, but she went to junior high school and part of her high school career at Hickman and graduated from Boonville named named Pam Harris Biddle now. And they're gonna be here to visit us tomorrow for a couple mm -hmm. of days from Arizona. And her other friend uh, is her husband, a dear friend of mine, Jay Spangler from my high school class, Pat, his friend that was Pat Smith, that's family had Smith Billiards, Pat. Mm -hmm. Pat and is the other best friend of my wife. They're not garden club friends, but they're they're through the QP source resources of becoming her friends. So mm -hmm. she she uh, knows lots more QPs than QPs do. <laughs> <laughs> so you not only uh, did your by the way you mentioned briefly that you were working for the postal service there in columbia and you you did that for what at least 30 years was 35 it? years 35 years june of 65 through august of 2000 and i had in a full 35 plus years and with unused sick leave and stuff i retired with with uh just 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 under 37 years of service and retired at 55. And at the same time, you were doing some other jobs. Uh, I started in October of 1966-67. I started as a motor route operator for the Columbia Daily Tribune. And the last time I delivered Tribunes was the day before New Year's Eve of 1996, which was 30, almost 30 years after I started when I had a my first heart attack, which led to a double bypass mm -hmm. in Jefferson City at uh, St. Mary's Hospital in New Year's Eve in 96. I carried newspapers all of that time. In my DJ business, I started in, in November of 1977. So I've done that 45, 46 years. And I still do that, but much smaller scale. When you were, I, I heard about the new studio that KOPN is building. And I uh, was going to say, hey, if they... Uh, if any of the listeners want to hear old rock and roll music, uh, I'd still be available to play a tune maybe once in a while over the radio. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and, and how come when you do the, your little station ID thing there, I don't hear you say 89.5 FM. Well, I was, still I, was, the... I was waiting for you to say it, Charlie. Well, good. There it is. 89. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for all you supporters out there for supporting and listening to KOPN. 89.5 FM. FM. Stereo. How many years has it been now since this, since it started? I know it's one of the oldest in the, in the country. 1973. 
the I'm not sure the month, but uh, I had recently on the show Lee Ruth, who uh, start, had a program on uh, as a volunteer programmer the very first week that they opened, and he still has a, a program on KOPN in the uh, wee hours of the night or morning, uh, as the case may be. Lee Ruth, Lee Ruth had a sister named Barbara, ah. and and Barbara was a, a California girl, and we were of the generation of the Beach Boys and the California Girls. So ah. when we had a when we had a California girl come to our high school our senior year, Ooh. I think I think between me and a couple of my friends, we nominated her for every office in the of the class officers just so she had to come up on the stage and so my my uh i guess you'd say my chivalrous moments were apologizing to her for putting her through that which got me uh, her first date with with a columbia guy when she moved here and and barbara and i've been friends ever since matter of fact she she was back here a few years ago and and i got to spend the day with her and i'd my car had gotten hit and I was driving a Camaro convertible. So Barbara and I got to reminisce old times driving the streets of Columbia in a Camaro convertible. <laughs> That's when Debbie and I were together before she passed away. But yeah. Yeah. Barbara Ruth. And yeah, I knew Lee very well. Yeah. Sure. Great. They lived out in Parkade. Well, they did then. And... Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, they live yeah. just up the street from you now. Uh, really? They're just right off of, uh, uh, it's old 63 up the hill. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Lee does? Lee and, and Rena Ruth, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll be in. Yeah, she, my... had, she, had a, she had another uh, brother that lived over off of Ash somewhere. I remember dropping her off there hmm. when she was in from California that year. Hmm. So I... that was a younger brother besides Lee being older. Okay. So I, I don't know if that were just the three of them or if she had another brother, but I know there were the three of them. And I don't know all the family that well at all. My wife takes right. guitar classes from Lee, so yeah. that's uh, our connection. And He's still got a beard down, beard down to the sidewalk. I haven't seen him for a long time. Well, that's just a little bit of an exaggeration, Charlie. It's not quite <laughs> to the sidewalk. <laughs> not much of an exaggeration at times. <laughs> yeah, and I know he, doesn't... Had, he had trouble keeping it out of his soup, I'm sure. He doesn't always wear those Christmas uh, uh, lights in his beard either. You know, he takes them out every now and then. He's a he's a man of overalls. I know that Lee is. <laughs> great, great. Well, you must have had some wonderful uh, surprises as you were doing the uh, QP.net and and looking at all these old cressets and and, and everything that happened. Uh, do you have some stories that you'd like to share to? Kind of connect Cupidism uh, with, uh, with well history one, and Columbia. One thing that I'm I'm delighted about that I'm responsible for in a in a roundabout way, I guess, is that uh, when I started doing my web page, there were there were two questions that people always ask, and one of them was, "How in the world did they get a mascot of a Cupid doll?" And all that that ever was ever told is somebody, well, some sports announcer on the radio made a comment when when the QP football team was coming off the field that they just were beaten so badly, but they were still smiling like a bunch of QPs. And I always <laughs> said, well, who who said that? Where was that? When did that happen? Who's responsible for that? And nobody could ever produce any 
uh, any valid information to to really to validate that story. And the other question was was what were those beanies and why were they green and white? Yeah. And so there's two stories on my webpage that you can see. One of them includes a video. The one about the Cupid doll includes a video. And there's, there's a lady that lives in Kansas city named Lucy church. And she had a great uncle that went to Hickman in the class of 1914. He was a basketball player and he played basketball at MU, but very, very limited. He wasn't a star or anything at MU. But she contacted me many years ago after I'd started my webpage and said, you know, she didn't want to impose, but she had discovered my webpage and she read a story on there uh, about how the Cupid became the mascot, which is the same story I just told you. And mm -hmm. she said, but, but that's not right. She said, I was doing genealogy research on my great uncle and uh, said he, I was doing research trying to find him with MU, but. I found his name on your webpage. Uh -huh. And so I wanted to tell you a story that he told me, said he was my great uncle and several years older than me, but he was at our house in Kansas city when I was in high school. And of course, being in Kansas city, we didn't play against the Cupies, but everybody knew the Cupies in Columbia were a good sports team and had heard of them. And so we were teasing my uncle about him being a Cupie. And so he told me this story. Mm -hmm. And that story is a video that I went to Lucy's house in Kansas City and videoed in the interview with her telling the story. And the story is, and the story now is in the, the handout of the announcement program thing that they hand out at the commencement program and stuff, now has a picture in there that came from the 1914 Crescent, Crescent of the basketball team of which her great uncle is seated center in the front and between his legs or between his feet is a Cupid doll. And he was the captain of the basketball team in 1914. The Crescent was first published in 1912. And the third edition was the first mention of the Cupid doll. And oh. there's a slow, there's a, there's a scroll in there with the Cupid doll holding a scroll and the scroll to the effects says, says this, this yearbook in memory of the, Cupies that were, you know, state championship or smiling Cupies. And mm -hmm. from that day forward, they were because they were called the Cupies. And the reason they were was because that year, the secretary at Hickman High School, which was a very small high school back in those days, and sports basketball was played a lot differently in 1914 than it is today. The, but the secretary had a crush on the basketball coach and she, as a lot of girls back in that day, having the Cupid doll being relatively a new collectible, I mean, about four or five years old, they started them in 1909. She was collecting Cupid dolls and she took a Cupid doll to one of the basketball games and set it on the edge of the basketball court. And that Cupid doll was still standing when the game was over and they were undefeated that year and determined state champions by being undefeated. Mm -hmm. And and that was that was how the Cupid doll became the mascot. And that's that's the story that they now tell at the high school. And and Lucy and I got that finally accomplished. The Wonderful. other story about the beanies is mm -hmm. it's published on there now about when it started. Uh and there's not a why it started other than it just was an initiation or hazing or whatever you want to right. call it to, mm -hmm. to make you a cupie by 
the beanie was issued the first day of school and it was to be worn all the time in school and out of school. And the only time you were excused from wearing it was to attend church on Sunday. <laughs> and uh, depending on who you were and who you knew, you got different things imposed upon you if you were caught without it uh, by upperclassmen. And uh, the, the beanie was burnt uh, in a bonfire they had the night before the homecoming football game. Oh. And, and I also found out that I didn't know. One of the ladies in my class still had the printed handout that was handed out with the beanie that told the rules and when it had to be worn and so forth. Mm-hmm. And about if if the white if the rocks in the circle driveway in front of the high school weren't whitewashed by the, the sophomore class before such and such a date, then the time period uh, of wearing the beanie was extended from the homecoming through foot through the till the last game of football season. Oh. Don't know if that ever occurred. And <laughs> ironically, the last class to ever wear the beanie was my class, the class of '63, yeah. which was our our sophomore year we wore them when we were sophomores and they weren't ever worn after that again and uh i I didn't burn mine and a lot of them didn't and uh, i just took pictures of my uh, of my step step great granddaughter that just graduated this year at hickman and i got out the beanie and a cupid doll took pictures (laughs) of her under my cupid banner at the front door with the doll in the beanie so well charlie blackmore charlie we're out of time man (laughs) yeah time flies when you're having fun you are the man of the hour i tell you such uh, fascinating stories and what a life you've uh, contributed to so many so many people we we thank you charlie blackmore and uh, for your work and your dedication and your your passion for uh, what you do thank you dick and friends remember wherever you are that is your world Please leave your world cleaner, more peaceful, and more loving than you found it, because if it is to be, it is up to us. Take care. Talk to you soon.